Hi, we're the Fancy Football Fanatics. My name is Duncan and this week I'm joined by Matt in London and Ben in LA. Welcome guys. It's game week 20. Uh, it started off slow but it's building up and we're getting some decent scores in. Um, what are your football moments of the week? I'm going to come to you first, Matt. Um, so I wouldn't say it's for like uh, great watching but I'd say the Arsenal Man U match was, was eventful and gave a lot of food for thought because uh, uh, basically both sides should have scored. Uh, Cavani missed a couple of sitters. I thought Arsenal had the better of it um, and hit the post and created quite a few chances but never quite quite got a goal. Um, it sort of showed that both teams just aren't quite good enough um, and as a Man U fan it was particularly frustrating because you're thinking if we just had snuck that with one of the even if we didn't deserve it we just snuck a win that would have kept us in the, the race for the top and um, probably been a, quite a confidence booster. But um, yeah, I don't think there's many positives at the moment in Man U and quite the slump for all the players. I think Martial is looking awful. Cavani looks great, but then misses every big chance. Fernandez has started to uh, fade just a bit and is less involved. Um, Rashford and the, disappearing as well. Yeah, Rashford looks knackered. Um, and then the defence just every game gives away massive chances. Um, and so it's just lucky that Arsenal didn't take any of those massive chances. So, yeah, not many positives as a Man U fan. Um, and also, I mean, Fernandez as a fantasy asset is, uh, I don't know, it's, it, there comes a point when you maybe say, can you gamble on not having him? Wow, really? That's that's big, especially from a Man U fan. I, I feel like he's, a, he's a, just a... Set and forget, keeping my team for those nice captaincy weeks. I think looking back now, last week, Sheffield United at home, the record percentage of captaincy in FPL history on Bruno. And actually, if we thought about that fixture a bit more, it's not a game where you can counterattack so much. It's going to be a deep block. And man, you aren't great at that. So maybe it was the right time with a lovely bit slice, big slice of hindsight for, to go for somewhere else. Yeah, I mean, he's got one assist in the last five, uh, so like very little returns. But I guess, yeah, it shows what Man U are capable of when they don't get penalties. I think you, you have to look at the fixtures coming up. He's got West Brom away. Fernandez loves playing away. West Brom, surely one of the worst teams in the league at the moment for conceding. Newcastle yeah. as well after that. So I think he's just, uh, I'm just going to leave him there. I I think you're right. I think it, it's it's crazy talk, but it would a maverick could uh, could benefit from uh, taking that gamble. I think someone who needs to climb up the ranks, Matt. Someone like uh... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if only I had a maverick bone in my my poor fantasy performing <laughs> body. You will dull out your way to fifth place in the league. <laughs> ben, what was your football moment of the week? My football moment of the week is football meeting FPL so there were two instances this week where um, professional football players having um, acknowledging their FPL team so the first one was Bamford in his post-match interview was quite pleased with himself because he was like yeah I had myself in my FPL team so I was tempted to go for the second but decided to square it um, for the third goal so he was quite happy with himself um, I think last week he captained himself against Newcastle, so he was obviously not he was not very happy with that. And the second one, which I think is more interesting, is Andrew Robertson 
people noticed he had taken Mane out of his team this week. And everyone was like, why is he taking Mane out of the team? Well, it was obviously because he has insider information. And obviously Mane didn't play today. I, I don't know if he was rested or, or he was proper injured. But I just find it interesting that if you're Andrew Robertson, you're like, oh, I know, <laughs> no, Mane's not playing. Let me take yeah. him out of my FPL team. Um, Mane wasn't uh, even on the bench. So yeah, it's a hard rest if it was one. Yeah, so um, it's not fair for the rest of us because, you know, we, I don't know, we don't know that Sadio Mane's not playing. <laughs> uh, but yeah, definitely, definitely an interesting strategy for like keeping your keeping the URLs for each of the Bamford's team, Robertson's team, like better than watching their Instagram, right? So I guess if, if Robertson's in a money league, is that is that illegal? Like, is that against the gambling like allowances? I don't think it's probably not official. Counts. Yeah, it's not official gambling. It's just gambling between friends. Ah. I don't think the Premier League are weigh in if if he wins twenty quid. <laughs> <laughs> you get to go see a Premiership game of your choice. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, he's a six-month ban. <laughs> <laughs> but you get to watch the football. So. <laughs> nice one. My uh, my football moment of the week was uh, was Everton versus Newcastle. Not again. This is similar to Matt. Not because of any kind of quality. Quite the opposite, really. It's more the fact that a lot of people in the FPL community were predicting Everton to go on a bit of run. There was the classic FPL Twitter kind of hype. Uh, DCL getting Dinia. Think about Hames, and they massively disappointed. They kind of continued in the run of being super uncreative that they've been on for a while, but that was whilst they didn't have their creative players back. Luca Dean got a lot of the ball, a lot of space on the left-hand side, and his delivery was awful. Um, I guess he's just coming back from injury, so that's fair enough. But Hamez got kicked so much, and he just couldn't handle it. People were just stepping on his ankles constantly. And he was—he spent probably, I'd say, half the match lying on the floor, and looking very unhappy. So, yeah, I think my my theories, my slightly xenophobic theories about Hammers not enjoying the British winter, um, are kind of not not backed up. But he definitely doesn't like what's happening at the moment, the treatment he's getting. Um, does the xenophobic things stretch for Gilfie Sigurdsson then as well and his poor form? Definitely not. He's Icelandic, so he's, <laughs> he's used to a lot of harsher conditions than, than Everton. Um, but yeah, so that, that's my football moment. And Callum Wilson trolling everyone again. Classic Callum Wilson. When everyone had forgotten about him. When you're never going to bring him in, he comes in and scores two goals and looks incredible. Mm. Bastard. Um, so our game weeks um i'm gonna go first this week because at the moment i'm top of the pile we're still we're kind of watching we've, we've got one eye on brighton uh, spurs but um my team at the moment eh, i took a hit um brought in sun for my darling suchek suchek is gone um maybe not forever there's a double game week coming up and i'm probably going to be wild carding but Suchek to Sun seemed uh, a pretty good transfer. 
Um, we'll see. We'll see if that bears out. Maybe not for this um, this one against Brighton. At the moment, uh, they're losing one 0 But in a couple of weeks, they have West Brom at home. That's pretty crucial, I think, for captain suited. There's not a lot of options that week. Um, I've jammed it a bit this week. I've got Dawson coming off the bench with seven points against Liverpool. Martinez somehow keeping a clean sheet. Um, Stones actually played ahead of Dawson, so that's a bit a bit like all those Stones would probably have got six points at least. Captain Gundogan for his three-pointer, which was probably a bit of a mistake. I'm not sure I'll do that again. Um, Grealish, just, yeah, I agree with what Ben said early in the season, never dropping him. He's amazing. Um, and Bamford kept hold, kept hold of him basically because I had other things to fix and uh, got very lucky with that. So think about 67, maybe a bit more, maybe 70 points, something like that. Um, so it's been a good good game week. And I'm catching you, Ben. I'm slowly drawing you in from 70-odd points away to 35, 37 points, something like that. It's last season all over again. <laughs> and the way I've done it is by copying you, your team completely, which makes no sense. But then like one player each week, who you don't have, who not very good, like Suchek or Bamford goes and scores 15 points. Craig Dawson. Craig Dawson, the absolute <laughs> hero, yeah. Two goals in, in two games. Um, who's up next with the next highest score out of you two? I think it's Ben. Okay, oh, Ben, it? how was your oh, day? It's never me, put it that way, in the last few weeks. <laughs> <laughs> um, this game week has been one of regret for me uh i feel like the past five game weeks every decision you know when you get into the well matt probably isn't this season but you get into <laughs> that like the fpl zone where literally every, yeah. every decision you make seems to pay off and that i have felt like that the last five game weeks and this is the first game week for a long while where my decisions massively did not pay off so i made two transfers um one Bamford to DCL, which I think a lot of people made, which obviously backfired. I think in hindsight, I would absolutely still make that decision. Um, and then my second one was um, Bissouma to Son, which um, we'll see if that pays off. Hopefully, I mean, it's not a big risk move, is it? Yeah. Um, but the most annoying thing was I had my captaincy on Salah the whole game week. And then right at the last minute, I was just like looking at some of the polls of captaincy and everyone had chosen Gundogan as like the, their top captain. So I was like, ooh, I better play it safe and not do, not do something so differential. <laughs> so it kind of sounds stupid, uh, Salah differential over Gundogan. But um, so I captained Gundogan at the end and I think that was a mistake. Um, but yeah, my team is... Uh, pretty similar to Duncan, um, apart from Bamford. I have Martinez, who got 10 points. I have Diaz, who got eight. Grealish, um, Salah got a brace. So, yeah, like uh, I finished on, I think I'm on 55 points right now with a hit. So, I still broke 50. I think it's it'll be a red arrow for me. I'm going from like 13,000 to 19,000, which is, I guess, fine. Um, Bamford was the real killer for me because I think he has 50% effective ownership and he got 15 points. 
although I did not appreciate the Dawson goal right at the end, wiping my Robertson clean oh. sheet. That was quite painful. So that's how much of a swing is that? I get seven, you lose six. Or was he on for bonus? He was on for bonus, so he was he was on seven, so he lost five. Yeah. Nice. Fourteen point swing. Twelve point swing. I like that. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. My big takeaway was like, you have premiums for a reason. Why are you captaining Gundogan? Like, you know. Yeah, totally agree. Oh man, if I'd known that you were thinking about so I didn't even consider it. I don't think I was going to run all the way, or or it was going to be um, Ruben Diaz play oh, yeah. do the Gary and captain the defender. Except I think Gary captain Stones, right, or Cancelo. Oh no, that's, <laughs> that's harsh. <laughs> um, do you have any conundrums for your team? Ben? I forgot to mention if I had any, but do you do you have any? No, not I mean, not really. Like I feel my team is pretty well set up. I'm not getting Bamford back in. I still think that was the right decision in hindsight. It, the Bamford game today re- reminded me of that goal, that game where he scored that hat trick against Villa, where his finishing was just amazing. Like that second, that goal he scored was amazing. Uh, today against Leicester was such a good finish um but yeah no I'm pretty happy with my team honestly I think my my only worry is I wonder if Gundogan is long-term the right third city player um because I'm a bit worried about like oh De Bruyne or Sterling they always have been more traditional assets and I'm wondering like if I had to find a way to get them back in but yeah, I think I'm. I think the, the way that you've played it and the way that I've played it, we now have dropped our Basumas and our Sucheks, and he's our 5.5, you know, fifth midfielder essentially. So, yeah, it's, it's fine. He's playing every game. Sterling's not. I mean, it, he's probably not going to be in our teams forever because we're going to wildcard, I'm, I'm guessing, before game week, double game week 26. So, it's probably. Decent enough for those fixtures. Yeah, I guess my other conundrum is Robertson, but I just feel I feel Liverpool are starting to hum again, so I, I'm fine just keeping him in there. Um, and I guess I can't really call DCL a conundrum yet because I mean I literally just brought him in, <laughs> so at least at least should watch him play against Leeds um, before doing anything. And he has the double. Yeah, I think... And he has a double game week. Well, he might. Is that is that confirmed yet? Um, it's likely. I don't, I don't oh, think possible. it's confirmed. Possible. Yeah. It's, it's yeah, it's possible. So it's worth keeping him for that. And he's got Leeds and Fulham in the next three, and Man United, who, as Matt said, love to ship a goal. Um, love. Matt, love to you, Matt. How was your game? Um, well, I think yeah, I'm sort of the. The yang to you guys, yings, of doing really well the last few weeks of uh, fantasy. And every decision I make in the moment seems to be uh, turning wrong. So I was one of the many people that benched Suchek last week. Uh, and I am one of the, well, maybe the few that uh, benched Bamford this week. Uh, and so that that does sting quite a lot, having 15 points sat on the bench. Um, which means I've got, uh, what, 44, but then Salah's bonus and uh, a point from Loughton to come in for Stones, so 48. Uh, so, I mean, 
it's it's about par in the overall scheme of things, and I think I'm I'm sitting about four hundred thousand in the world, which is which is okay. But uh, certainly the last few weeks, I've lost quite a lot of ground on you you guys. Um, I bought in Gundogan and uh, Calvert Lewin, which basically makes my team look very similar to your teams, and yet it gets fifteen to twenty points less every week still, uh, which is quite <laughs> impressive. Um, and it's because of players like uh, Martinez and Goal, um, who I might now transfer in just to finally get over the hoodoo of like uh having him uh troll me the whole season um so yeah be- beware martin is in for a bad run coming up i think um matt matt you forgot to mention rafinha who you took out got an assist today as well yeah yeah <laughs> i mean so the the thing is the last few weeks i thought i've not been watching enough football uh, i just not have i mean life has got in the way so i haven't much watched too much and then uh, or thinking enough about my fantasy plans. Uh, and so I thought, oh, well, maybe that's why I'm, I'm suffering. This week, I thought, all right, I'm going to listen to all the pods. I'm going to watch Match of the Day, midweek games. Um, and my takeaways from Match of the Day was, OK, well, Bamford, the, the analysis seems to be he's a bit knackered. He got subbed off early. He's, he's, miss- he's just not creating the same number of chances as before. So, OK, well, I won't, I won't play him. I watched the West Ham game. Antonio hit the bar three times. Suchek was bombing forward every opportunity. They looked like a really cohesive team. And I thought, and you see Liverpool, it's like, well, they've got no centre-backs. Suchek's bound to get something. I mean, all they do is cross it in, right? And uh, that hasn't come off whatsoever. So uh, maybe I'll do less research this week and see how I get go. <laughs> well, maybe in the middle. You've tried both. Now, now do a bit of, of 50-50. Yeah, sort of like a semi-care. I need to, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We'll answer the stats, but yeah, go with it. I mean, I guess my conundrum uh, is, yes, let's stay on the theme. Is, uh, I was one of the people that sort of did the wild card in December, preparing for the double game week, which was then completely ruined by everyone else's fixtures getting putting it, put in and all my players' fixtures getting taken out. Um, but it also means I have like quite a strong bench because like, all my players play uh, and are potentially pickable, which is partly why I've been going wrong the last few weeks because... It's meant to have had marginal calls about who to drop. Um, and so who should I drop this this week is my my conundrum. I've got, at the moment, I'm I'm now playing Bamford and I'm sticking with Suchek uh, because they both both hit me in previous weeks. And I'm potentially benching Antonio, but I don't know no, if that's, if that's no. the next bad decision. I'd drop Suchek. I think Suchek has been kind of shown recently that yeah, with them playing four at the back now, he gets forward a lot less. When they played five at the back or a back three with wing backs, he had much more license to roam. And that's you can see that with the eye test. Probably it's slightly different against Crystal Palace. And but for the, the other games, um against teams Palace were ranked uh lowest or very low for headed chances conceded. Whereas a team like Villa, I would imagine, are not that at all. I think they're a pretty decent defence. Um, and I think West Ham will have to defend quite hard uh, against players like Grealish and Barkley and, and Traore. So I imagine Suchek will be sitting back and waiting for set pieces. So I, I would I would play those three strikers ahead of him this week. I think he is I think he is a perfect player as your first on the bench and you kind of hope the weeks when he scores one of your players gets dropped or something like that but I don't think he has to be a starter. He's not like a player who has form 
his his goals are fairly random against you know Man United or Palace. It's not like he beats the whipping boys. So yeah. And by random, Duncan means whenever you basically don't play him now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Whenever I don't play him, that's me. Because this is the what what I thought I'd do, I'd do the classic thing, having just lost out to say, well, if you if you because he scores randomly, but whenever he does score, he scores really big. Uh, yeah. The Always tactic the might ball. if you're going to have him, then I think just keep playing him because you don't know when that big mm-hmm. hole is going to come in. But based upon the season so far. It comes in once every four weeks or something, uh, and you, you want to have him in your, your first eleven for that that week. Um, whereas I don't know, I thought I haven't haven't seen the highlights of today's game or, or the match today's game of um, West Ham, but um, I don't know. Antonio's blanked again. I don't know. I just thought maybe he's going off a little bit of form. I think I think Antonio's got a couple of nice fixtures coming up against Sheffield United and. and... Fulham, so I think I think I'd hold, even if he doesn't score against Villa. I think you know those nice plum fixtures after that. I think he's worth it. Yeah, I, I mean, I definitely would play Antonio over Sujek. Antonio has looked good in, in most of the games. Yeah, so. yeah, he had one good chance against Liverpool. He just missed, but yeah, he's not clinical though. I agree with that. Yeah. All right. Well, I tell you what, I'm going to go with your your choices, and I'll. I'll hold you responsible for when Suchek hat tricks next week. <laughs> hat trick! Oh my god! Um, please no. Okay, we've got some some topics. Um, so first up, it is a question from Ben. Ben, the whipping boys. What is your question? Oh, I think that was Matt's question, not mine. <laughs> <laughs> but Matt's question is. Who are the whipping boys? <laughs> <laughs> I could have just asked that myself, couldn't I? Um, Matt, why don't you answer your own question? <laughs> well, I, I asked the question because I wanted to know the answer, frankly, rather than okay. knowing. I can, no, I can I tell you. Say, no. no, it's fine. <laughs> so, yeah, to have a, have, have a first crack, yeah, I'd say West Brom still look pretty weak. Uh, having Fulham seem to tighten up quite a lot recently, so... I don't know. I, I still look at Fulham games and think, oh, there's chances, but I don't know if there'll be many goals. Sheffield United certainly tightened up, um, so I wouldn't look at their fixtures in quite the same way again. And then, I don't know, are, are Newcastle still a whipping? Was that, was that just a one-off against Everton? Or are they still a little bit rubbish? I don't know. What do you guys What's think? Yeah, I I feel similar to Matt. I still think Newcastle... I didn't watch the game, but I still feel Newcastle are a bit suspect. Um, mainly because I don't think they enjoy playing for Steve Bruce. Um, the other one I th- I'll throw in there, who aren't super um, leaky, are Wolves. Wolves are don't look like they're playing very well. They ship three against West Brom, but then... They drew against Chelsea 0-0, and they only conceded one against Palace. Um, but, yeah, I wouldn't target them either. Like, the only one I really would target is West Brom, honestly. I feel like all the other teams have seemed to tighten up. I would have thrown Brighton in there, but Brighton, are, you know, they're playing pretty well right now, and Spurs are still 1-0 up. Um, so, yeah, I think West Brom, and it's hard to find another one. Stats-wise... Um... I'm looking at Fancy Football Scouts um, 
shots conceded over the last four matches for teams. And down the bottom are Burnley with 79 shots conceded in the last four. But Burnley kind of do this. We kind of know that about them. They concede a lot of shots from range and not kind of dangerous positions. And that why, that's why Pope gets so many bonus and save points. Next is Leeds, who are equal with West Brom. So Leeds are still a team like Keegan's Newcastle. They, they attack, they can score loads of goals, but they are going to concede a lot of chances. So that's DCL next week against Everton. So don't, don't drop him or transfer him out, Ben, even though you may, you may want to rage transfer him out. West Brom's still terrible. And next up, it's Aston Villa, which is unexpected. <laughs> Um, so maybe, maybe Matt, maybe you do need to play Suchek and Antonio. Um, but let's have a look at big chances. So over the last four game weeks, it's West Brom with the most big chances conceded, then Fulham, then Southampton and Leeds. So Leeds and West Brom, they're conceding a huge amount of shots and they're conceding a large amount of big chances. Um, yeah. They're the two, they're the kind of two key ones, I'd say. Southampton's a surprising one. Yeah, they've, they've fallen off attacking-wise as well. There were some stats last week going around how, um, in comparison, you know, the last kind of six game weeks or ten game weeks in comparison to the previous ten, um, they dropped off attacking-wise. So I think they've had a lot of injuries, haven't they? They've kind of chopped and changed their team. Yeah. Different players have missed yeah. at different points. Like I think, I think Vestergaard, Vestergaard and Walker Peters are injured. Yeah, yeah, and Vestergaard was looking like Van Dyke Mark II, it's, wasn't he? Yeah, he was looking amazing. Um, I also think with yeah. Ing, Ings back now will mean that maybe they start to be a bit more potent. Like they really should have scored against Villa, but just somehow didn't. Um, but. I suspect they'll uh, they'll probably beat Man U, knowing uh, as, as a as a Man U fan, that 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 looks like the sort of fixture that they could have another upset at. Yeah, yeah, I agree. <laughs> so there, there you're whipping boys, Matt. Um, next up, Chelsea. Um, what did you want to ask about Chelsea, Ben? Yeah, I think um, I wanted to ask if any of you had seen enough of Chelsea to figure out if there are any opportunities there from an FPL perspective. Um, the only thought I... Because I... Um, I mean, they have Tottenham next, but then they have Sheffield United, Newcastle, Southampton, so like a decent run. Maybe not a double game week in 24, though. Um, but just interested to see what opportunities there are. The, one, the only one I was thinking was... Um, Hudson Adoy has started the first two games on the right wing. He got an assist today, hit the woodwork. Um, so a lot of crossing and a lot of shooting. So that it seems like he might be one of the early favourites for Tuchel. Um, hard to tell on defence um, because Chilwell and Alonso have played one game each. Although I think we mentioned the pod yesterday, and I, I think Gary brought him in. Is uh, Rudiger? Um, started the last two games and he's ridiculously cheap. He's 4.5. Um, so he's got two clean sheets back to back. Um, so those were the two I was thinking, but I uh, don't know if I think for most of us it'll be wait and see, but anything else catch your eye? 
What do you reckon, Matt? So I was going to, yeah, I, I'd say I'm a little bit hesitant about their attack. They seem to be, Tuchel quite likes to well, take players off, any, even if they are starting, uh, and rotate things around. And I think looking at the formation here, Hudson Odoi is sort of playing a wing-back type role. So uh, I don't know how advanced he is always going to be. Um, but certainly, yeah, certainly, certainly I'm hesitant about all the attacking players. But in defence... I imagine Tuchel's going to try and tighten things up a bit. And if Rudiger does play every week, then he's a potential bargain um, or, or any of their defenders, really. I mean, I think a lot of people jumped in the Chilwell sort of bandwagon because he looked like he might be playing wing back. Um, but then he was dropped today. So that's uh, sort of put paid to that one a bit. And Alonso scored. So um, I, I'm, I, I'm still very much wait and see mode with uh, Chelsea. I think. Um... What I've noticed between the last two game weeks with Chelsea, Tuchel's first two games, I think what he's done is he's he's obviously got some players that he favours before even joining um, joining Chelsea, like players he's tried to buy in the past are Jorginho and Rudiger, who have both played 90 minutes in the last two games. But then uh, apart from some of those key ones, he's he's basically changed the team what kind of wholesale changes between the two game weeks. He's giving everyone in the squad a chance to prove themselves. Like Alonso has been recalled from the, you know, I don't know where he was playing with the reserves or something like that. And as Pelicueta is clearly a favourite, he's played both games. Silva, Thiago Silva's played both. Jorginho's played both. Kovacic, Mendy, obviously the goalkeeper, he's not going to bring back. <laughs> Ariza Balaga, that would be too far. And Rudiger, like you said, Zabaga, he's played both and he's tried to buy him before. Hudson Odoi um, has got almost 90 minutes in both games. But apart from that, you know, Abraham uh, pulled at half time, I think, in this one. Um, Giroud, Havertz, um, even Werner, who people were saying, I know they've brought him in. He's a German, he knows Werner's game and Havertz, but they're not favoured straight away. So I think. I think he's giving everyone a chance to get a look at them. Like he hasn't had a huge amount of time to prep for this job, has he? He, he I think it was like a two-week turnaround from when he was fired to when they hired him. So, um, or actually when he started managing. So, um, I think you can you can probably imagine that those favourites will stay in the team. So, as Pelicueta, I quite like as an option. His price has dropped down to like five point six. He's a uh, bit of a legend for bonus in the past. I don't know if he still is, but that's worth checking. And I think, okay, he's not the greatest attacking fullback in the world, but playing in the back three, he can get forward and he got a goal. And he, he I think he's he's looked fairly decent even when Lampard was playing towards the end before he got sacked. So I think with me, I'm thinking about dead-ending dead my team for a wild card in 25. Chelsea's fixtures are pretty nice defensively. So... Someone like Aspilicueta kind of appeals to me because I, I feel like he, he looks pretty definite to start and he's going to get more attacking returns than Rudiger and I've got the money to spend, so why not spend it on him? Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't think any of the others... I mean, you said hudson Adoy, but he's never really consistently delivered. Maybe I'd, I'd wait till he's a definite first-teamer and he's he's looking good attacking-wise. But mm. Yeah, Sorry, oh, fixtures, ahead, yeah. So I was gonna say fixtures wise, they've got Chelsea next. So they are Chelsea. They've got Spurs next. 
and then they've got two nice fixtures. So it seems like the perfect one just to wait one more game week before jumping on particular Chelsea assets. Yeah, I was going to say that um, Saka and Gundogan are same price point and probably better right now. Yeah, that's that's definitely yeah. true. And Suchek's there, and um, the with with the next, uh, well, with them having a nasty one against Tottenham and then two nice ones, it works really nicely with the Man City defense. So if you're doubled or tripled up in Man City, Man City go into their nasty fixtures just as Chelsea come into their nice ones. So you can move from Diaz, uh, bring in whoever it is, Rudiger, Aspilicueta for Sheffield United away, Newcastle at home. And after that, it's Southampton. And as we said, Southampton's numbers have dropped off a bit. That's away, and it's in game week 25. So if you're thinking of wildcarding before the double game week, then it doesn't really matter. Um, you just bring them in for two nice fixtures. So, yeah. yeah. That's Chelsea. Yeah. And whatever you do, don't bring in a Chelsea striker. Those are the rules of FPL, right? <laughs> yeah, we all started um, the season of Werner. Yeah, we did, didn't we? Yeah. Got caught up in the hype. Um, i tell you what, with Werner, I've watched him quite a bit this season. Whenever he strikes a ball, he strikes it right into the corner, always along the ground, and always very, very slowly. Like... At the start of the season, I I thought, oh, he's kind of mishit a lot of his shots. But now it just seems to be like, that's his shots. <laughs> the highlight reel I saw of him uh, in Germany, he was a lot closer to goal. You know, he's he finished, that, that's kind of like a perfect finish if you're in the box. But outside of the box where he seems to be shooting these days, um, when he actually connects with the ball, uh, yeah, not that impressive. Um but I'm sure that can change. I'm sure Tuchel can get a tune out of him. Next up, it is uh, kind of a conundrum over the next few game weeks. So um, what are we building towards? What is our kind of strategy? What are we thinking about? Um, but I think Ben mentioned it a bit earlier. Double game week potential coming up in double game week 24. So I think I gave you guys a bit of... Uh, spiel about potential double game weeks last week that's been updated now so game week 24 it's likely that man city will have a double game week and the question is who they have a double game week against it's either against everton or it's going to be against southampton um that's kind of i guess why all three of us brought in dcl this week and even though he he didn't get many chances at all or looked that threatening Potential of the double game week's not bad. Obviously, it's going to be against City. So one of the games is against City. So that's not the greatest in the world. But for City, game week 24 is Tottenham at home. And then it could be Everton away. Or it could be two home games with Southampton at home. So, I mean, fairly equal teams, Everton and Southampton. Don't really mind which one of them it is. Man City are the crucial team to triple up on before 24. Um and then I guess your obvious ones from Southampton, Everton. Um, and that's that's like a nice way of picking transfers if you have an option at the moment. One of them, the transfer you're thinking about is one of those teams, then it's a reason to bring them in. But maybe a, a reason to have two transfers going into double game week 24, right, Chris? Yeah, the question I had was, 
because one of those games are against Man City, how much of a strategy should it be? Um, yeah. Just because Man City are just look like a machine right now. Um, and those teams don't. <laughs> and those teams don't. I'm just trying to scan 24, see if there are any other juicy fixtures. I guess maybe Chelsea, Newcastle is another juicy one. And Man U, West Brom could be juicy. Yeah, so say Man U, West Brom's the one. Yeah. Um, so it's not even, is it even a captaincy week where you want to pick a Man City player? I mean, it seems pretty crazy not picking a Man City player when they've got a double. And they're one of the only like, two teams that do have a double. But is Tottenham at home and then Everton or Southampton a great double for captaincy, especially when we're missing De Bruyne? Do, do we know how close the games are to each other? No, I don't. Yeah. Yeah, because you saw, you saw right this week, right? I mean, Sterling completely rested, Stones rested. It may be, I mean, knowing Pep, he may just not play <laughs> like yeah. uh, the, the traditional players, right? I know who I fancy. I'd fancy uh, Ruben Diaz captaincy because it seems like he's undroppable at the moment. And Man City's defence looks so good. Tottenham, if they're still missing Kane, that's pretty tempting. And Southampton and Everton looking a bit toothless. Like, yeah, if there's a yeah. 12 pointer, two, two clean sheets, that's not bad. They, is it, I mean, they never, con- they never concede at the moment, do they? So that's, I think Diaz, mm. or maybe, I, I'd say maybe Stones as well. I don't know if, if the, the dropping today I think it was just like a rest. And then he, he might, that might, the fact that he was rested. This week might mean he's more likely to play of the weeks ahead. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I can imagine him getting dropped again. Although it is worrying seeing Laporte back, um, so it's one to keep an eye on. Maybe if you're going to get rid of one of your Man City defenders for a Chelsea one, like we talked before, then Stones is the one to go. What about? Um, are you guys planning on wildcarding? There's also we've mentioned it a little bit. There's a double game week, a big double game week coming in game week 26. So a lot of teams could feature in that. It's not been confirmed yet. Um, keep an eye on Ben Prelin on Twitter for kind of updates on that. Um, but are you guys planning on wildcarding in 25 for that and then bench boosting? What What are your plans? What do you think, Matt? So, I mean, theoretically, I think is a, without knowing much beyond you need to triple up on Man, Man City uh, I, th- I think it's difficult to know wh- it, how good my team will look for that double uh, without without wild carding so that's my current conundrum is that I'm thinking if I could save it then maybe I will but then if, what am I what am I saving a wild card for if not for a, a big double right so um, I think there's another potential double in game 30 31 something like that and um, so some people are talking about building for 26 just with transfers but like you say it's pretty hard to do i think we're going to know the fixtures are going to be confirmed in 26 before the game week 24 deadline so it's not really enough time is it so <laughs> two, two game weeks or three transfers to build a team so yeah you're right it's kind of potluck if it comes out and you've got a decent 11 then maybe you hold so you can bench boost in, in the following game week, in double game week, in like 30, 31. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, yeah, very broadly, I'd say, um, I mean, so who, who's, the, who's the teams? There's, you can look at the teams that have like 
spare fixtures that will have to be allocated at some point. And if you slowly build up those players, then you know you're going to be on, on for a good thing. So Villa, for instance, will probably yeah. start to get back on them again is, is quite a good tactic. Um, Spurs. Spurs have yeah. got quite a few doubles, haven't they? Yeah. Um, but, I mean, honestly, for, so for planning in the weeks ahead, I'm, I'm not thinking at that far ahead at this stage. I mean, the season's just been so topsy-turvy. I've... I've got to a stage of taking multiple hits across game weeks to be relatively happy of my, my squad at the moment. So um, I'm hoping that I can maybe just maybe save a transfer at some point over the next couple of game weeks. Uh, maybe join the Son bandwagon for his juicy fixture in a couple of game weeks' time. And beyond that, I don't really have many plans. It's uh, sort of having to see, see what players I bench that score massively and see, see what I do from there. <laughs> And play them the following week. <laughs> That's Absolutely. right. Always a winner. <laughs> what about you, Ben? Are you kind of treading water like that, or are you fiendishly planning? No, I'm. I'm going to tread water. Just looking at the fixtures, the double fixtures. It looks like Man City clearly have the best double game week fixtures, and I already have three City. So I may oh, just. You know the fixtures. Well, the the predicted fixtures. Looking at Ben Cridden's. Can you uh, take us through them? Yeah, so like uh, looking at what his his latest um, predictions are, Man City um, likely double against West Ham, first one, and then one of Everton, Southampton, Wolves, all kind of similar teams. Yeah. Um, and then Southampton, Everton, first fixture, then Leeds, Man City, Tottenham, second fixture. So probably tougher for Southampton. I'll just go through the likely doubles. Um, Villa have one against Leeds and then Tottenham, Everton or Sheffield United second. I already have Martinez, Grealish. I would, would love Watkins. I need to find a way to get rid of uh, Steer, my backup goalkeeper. Um, Tottenham have Burnley, then Villa, Fulham, Southampton. That could maybe be a, a one to target. Um, I have Son. Maybe Kane's back in time for that. Um, Liverpool have Sheffield United, Chelsea, um, so mix. Chelsea, Man United, Liverpool, probably not that so hot. Uh, Man U, Chelsea, Palace, so one good, one bad. Leicester, Arsenal, Burnley. Uh, Palace, Fulham, Man United, uh, Burnley, Tottenham, Leicester. So those are the ones Krillin has has marked as likely doubles. Um, So yeah, I may just see where I'm at closer to the time because... I've managed to create a bench now where I have all starters, basically, apart from Steer, my goalkeeper. So um, I'm just going to tread water and see where I'm at versus fiendishly planning. I think the only fiendish planning I would do is maybe target City, which I have three players from, and then maybe Tottenham. But, I mean, Tottenham don't look so hot right now. They're still losing um, while we're still watching. So yeah, I think I will I will do what I did my first double game week, which worked out perfectly, which is don't do any planning and then oh. miraculously, have good, miraculously have a good team. Yeah, um, I've been burnt by planning. That's what it does to you. Just lets but you I'll, down. I'll probably, I'll probably um, at least triple captain, if not bench boost, if we think there are basically two big double game weeks left. Because I haven't used my triple captain yet, unlike you, Duncan. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got some points for my triple captain. That's 
a rare thing, so I'm happy with that. I wish you all the best with yours. Um, okay, so yeah, Man City, they've got a double game week in 24, 26, and potentially another one in the 20s as well, I saw from Ben Quillen. So triple up, crucial on them, even though their fixtures slightly turn, like we said. Maybe scratch that idea about getting rid of one of them for Chelsea. Get I, rid yeah. of there. I don't believe in the fixture turn with City. I think they're the best team in the league. I guess it's, it's working so, out which the best three are, though, isn't it? That's that's going to be the challenge of the next few weeks. Yeah, it's not even that. It's it's just which three start every game, like just kind of cover it. Diaz, mm. Gundogan, and Edison. Stop. Edison, <laughs> yeah. Is, yeah, Edison, which is really, really dull. But um, so the next three fixtures before game week twenty-five, when if we're going to wildcard, that's when we're going to wildcard. Looking at the the teams with the best fixtures for the next three: twenty-two, twenty-three, and twenty-four. West Ham atop with uh, playing against Villa, Fulham, and Sheffield United. Then it's Palace. Annoying to see Mitchell dropped. For Van Arnold this week, he was going to be our shining gem as Van Arnold was renegotiating a new contract. I don't know if that's been sorted out, but he he played in in this game week, so Mitchell maybe not such a feature anymore. Then it's Everton, um, Leeds, one of the whipping boys again, and Fulham as well as Man United, and then it's Man United. They're playing West Brom away, which is a pretty crucial one, and Southampton, Everton, who aren't in great form. Yeah, I mean. No one with incredible fixtures in the next three, but West Ham, you probably have some left over from the double game week. Everton, we've invested in DCL. Maybe it's worth worth doing that. I mean, they look pretty awful, but um, if Luca Dean gets as much space against Leeds, I'm sure something will happen. And then Palace. I mean, are you guys going to go near anyone for Palace? We're just going to hope that Mitchell gets more minutes. Uh, I've seen others consider Zaha as like an option, um, and I think that's it's particularly if you're looking to catch up in your league or you want to do something a bit different. I think he's potentially one who's he's actually done pretty well all season. He's got some nice fixtures. He, he could get a return, and not many others seem to have him. So I think he's he's a tempting one. The problem is, of course, that the midfield slots are like there's just yeah, there's so much competition for places in midfield. Yeah, there are, but then maybe. Like you, Matt, you've got some money in the bank and you've got Suchek. Maybe you get rid of that Suchek problem and transfer him out for Zaha. And that's yeah. a bit of a differential. He can't score off my bench if he's not in my team. Exactly. <laughs> it's true. Um, ben, what do you reckon? Out of those teams, is there anyone you don't have that you'd like? West Ham, Palace, Everton, Man United, Villa. I mean, you said Watkins. Um, anyone yeah, else? What- Watkins is one I cover. Um, I do like Preston. No, no, so annoying. Um, Isn't he like forty years old? I can't believe he has a first place. (laughs) I think he's only thirty. He just looks forty. He plays like he's forty. Preston is one I've always wanted, but if you're trying to play three at the back, it it really is uh, difficult. To have, there's so many options, especially because two, two of my defenders are always City players. So like, uh, and my other one's Robertson. And because all these premiums are injured, you, I don't know about you guys, but 
budgeting is never really a problem. So like, do I really want Cresswell when I have Robertson? Probably not. Um, so yeah, yeah like, they're uh, kind of close like, uh, to the top, aren't they? Of the top scores for defenders, it's kind of much and muchness between the two of them. Right? Yeah, and I I never really play four at the back either. So, um, yeah, I think I'm not really hoping for too much. I think the I am hoping Mitchell regains his place. I I'm hoping he was just rested. So yeah. Yeah, it, it's kind of adding to that treading water kind of vibe. Like the teams with the great fixtures, we've already got players from. They're not the greatest fixtures in the world, and they're not the most exciting teams. So, yeah, just hold fire. Maybe hold your transfers if you can. What about formations? Um, ben, I think this is another question from you. <laughs> yeah, because um, I've I've recently made the switch from three four three to uh, three five two. Um, with Kane injured, Vardy injured, I thought Bamford was going off form. Uh, silly me. Um, but also in midfield, so many good options. I think Gundogan a great option. Grealish, set and forget. I think Fernandez set and forget. Salah set and forget. I guess is the fifth. The fifth midfielder for me um, is currently Son, who you know. I, I think is a solid pick. I actually wanted to go to Mane, but um, I didn't have the money, and luckily Mane got. I mean, Mane that was lucky for me because Mane didn't even play. Um, but yeah, because there's so many good options in midfield, I feel like most people will have five midfielders. So, um, and we've also talked about there's a lot of value in defense too. So, um, I think three four three, the traditional FPL favorite for template. Maybe isn't so template anymore. I've moved away from it. I think you've moved away from it too, Duncan, right? Yeah, for quite a while now. Um, yeah. I've had Brewster for quite a long time. Um, and so yeah, I'm wondering 3-5-2 is the way to go. I think a lot of people have been... Oh, sorry, Matt, you go. No, no. Um, I think it's a sign of the, the striker shortage at the moment. Um, I think certainly Vardy and Kane out means that if you're going to put, I mean, I've got lots of money on the bench, uh, so money, money in the bank, um, because you, you, there's not that many tempting strikers to go for. And we all thought DCL was one maybe this this week, and it's it's not turned out yet. So um, I think I think three five two is definitely a very sensible way to go. I'm sticking with three four three at the moment. Like I've got Antonio Bamford and Calvert Lewin, um, and I think it's just about good enough to um, sort of maybe be better than a fifth because strikers still are going to should score be scoring more regularly than midfielders so i think there's just a little bit more delard certainty about it still with, with three three strikers yeah I, I totally agree i think um for me i've got brewster in my team which has enabled me to play a three five two for quite a while and a lot of people are saying i think back when brewster was popular like Anyone who went down the Brewster route, it was such a trap. What a disaster. Like, he's done nothing. But he's been great for me. He's uh, he's played almost every single game. Come on, got a point. He's third on my bench. He's 4.5. He's not in a team where I'm going to want to own three players. He's blocking anyone. Um, yeah, he's, he's kind of perfect. I don't think he's even come on the pitch for me at all. And it's <laughs> a huge amount of money. He's perfect because he's... So bad that you would never consider playing him. Exactly. I'm never getting the Suchek, you know, first on the bench kind of worries, which has really helped. 
also i now have what like 4.9 million in the bank and i'm like a lot of people there's a there's a lot of money swelling around and it's hard to spend it all kind of loathe to spend it on Brewster because then I'll have that benching headache. Um, so I may sit, sit with a huge amount of money. Yeah, the curse of the curse of a playing bench. Uh, yeah, I don't recommend it. It gives you nightmares. Even even spending that money in upgrading Mitchell to a Robertson or a Chilwell or whoever, like then I'll have a headache of who to bench out of, you know, West Ham with their great defensive fixtures, Man City defenders double up with some tough defensive fixtures to bench your premiums and best defence in the league, you know, looking so good not conceding at all. But, ah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't really like having those kind of headaches. I enjoy having players on my bench who score like one or two points. Um, even even upgrading your goalkeeper to a playing goalkeeper is dangerous because Gary has Ariola Martinez and it's chosen the wrong one each game week. So even that's dangerous. <laughs> yeah. I think I'd have to pick a goalkeeper that I'm just, I'd say to myself, you never play him. You never play him. It's just in case there's a game of Brandon that he comes in. But oh, Pope, bringing in Pope would just be so dangerous, wouldn't it? You'd, you'd get it wrong all the time. Yeah. Okay. Well, we kind of agreed then. 3-5-2 is the way to go. And so if you haven't got there, aim in that direction and um, don't worry too much about who to target over the next three game weeks because <laughs> no one's that entitled. Um, I mean the thing I'd the thing I'd say is when Vardy and or Kane come back I think suddenly it, it shifts again so maybe be prepared to sw- switch back at very short notice. I don't know I, I, I really like Bamford I feel like he's a player that just takes decisions out of things. These are the team that create a lot of chances. They've had a bit of a blip. A lot of teams have had a blip. He's cheap. And he's shown across the season that he's the kind of player who will just come back and will be pretty consistent. So Vardy, I mean, I'd have to see him back for a, quite a, a long time and looking fit because he hasn't looked fit for such a long time. Yeah, you know, no, I, I was just saying about playing... But playing three strikers, so I guess you, you're comparing Kane or Vardy against whoever you'd be picking in midfield instead. Um, so I guess for you guys, that's Son at the moment. So, um, I mean, Son, Kane has always been quite an even one this season. But, um, yeah, I think there's definitely one to consider going back to three up front if you if he comes back. Yeah, that's true. Um, should we have a look at the listeners' league and see how they're getting on? Ben, do you want to take us through that? Uh, yeah, the current uh, top five, which the game week isn't finished, so I think there are a lot of auto-subs that need to happen. Um, Morten Leongbo is still first. Uh, he got 58 points this week. Nick Jones second. I'm still third, but I think I'll fall. Uh, Richard Weston fourth. So that, that top four looks the same. Um, the big mover this week is Simon Dempster, who jumped from ninth to fifth with downtown Celtics. He was smart and Captain Salah, which I wanted to do, but uh, bottled it. Um, he had Dallas. We haven't talked too much about Dallas, but he's been playing in midfield now. Um, and, you know, not a, another great defensive option, I think. Uh, here's Rob holding off his bench. Well, a second. Is this the same Ben that said, I'm never bringing in the Leeds defender? They are total garbage. 
yeah, that's me. But uh, I'm, I'm definitely not going to bring him in. But <laughs> he, he still seems a sensible pick if he's playing in midfield and uh, shooting a lot. Um, so, yeah, uh, 75 points for Simon Dempster. Well done. Um, Anyone else of note in the top 10, Ben? Uh, no, not really. I can't. Oh, oh I, I assume you mean Darren Axton, who another yeah, pod favorite. <laughs> He's jumped from 18th to 8th with a salad captain. And then, okay, honorable mention Duncan, just below Darren Axton in 9th. Although I think you, you might go higher with uh, Dawson on, on, off your bench. That's the plan. Yeah, that's what I planned before this game week. Um, <laughs> the top scorer this week is the Art of the Dive podcast. I think this is a hive mind team. God, we, we promote these guys so much every season. <laughs> <laughs> they have 79 points. Um, Martinez, Cresswell, Dallas, Salah captain. And Bamford. So, um, anyone who captained Salah this week was a good choice. Good shout. Yeah, good choice. Mm. Um, yeah so that's the, the podcast league. Nice Duncan nice closing in on the top five, warringly. Yeah, I'm, I've got to say, Ben, like, so much respect for you being in the top three. Like, it is really competitive and uh, you're doing really well this season. So, uh, well, I, I feel like every season we pod, at least one of us needs to be in around the top five, top ten. Otherwise, that is tough. Yeah. That is otherwise, tough. why why are people listening to us? <laughs> so, I thought I'd take the season off, to be honest. Just chill yeah. out a bit. Yeah. But yeah, just a rest season. And um, we probably haven't mentioned it before. We should have mentioned it earlier that uh, Andy has now moved from. California to Japan, so the times aren't great. Uh, combining uh, Chile, the UK, LA, and Tokyo, um, so Andy might feature quite a lot less uh, this season. But um, that's yeah, that's just something to note. And so Andy, all the best if you're listening. Um, and for anyone else, if you don't follow us on Twitter, give us a follow at FPLFFanatics. And if you like the show, please rate and review us wherever you get your pods. And we'd really appreciate that. Just leaves me to say thank you for your insight, Ben. You're welcome. And um, word on the street is Andy may be starting a J-League fantasy podcast. <laughs> yes, yeah, details <laughs> to follow. And it's a popular, popular thing in the UK, that one. And thank you for your insight, Matt. Thank you. I've just seen that uh, Son has delivered nothing. So, uh, yeah, full time there. That's nice to, nice to see. Wow, that is incredible. I'm so glad I took a hit for being in. <laughs> <laughs> uh, nice one, guys. We've got games coming thick and fast from this on. So I will speak to you next weekend. <laughs>